The following podcast is part of the MindBodySpirit.fm podcast network. Meditation doesn't have to be a solo practice. Meditation is more fun with friends. Looking for a way to drop in and hang out at the same time? Join us online at Omega Institute for a meditation party with self-proclaimed meditation nerds Dan Harris, host of the 10% Happier podcast, Sabene Selassie and Jeff Warren. This three-day retreat will stream live from Omega's Hudson Valley Campus, May 17th to 19th. Don't miss the party. Reserve your spot at eomega.org slash party today. All are welcome. We're glad you found us. Unity Online Radio. The voice of an awakening world. This program is brought to you by Spirited Sea Travel. Reserve your space for spring 2020. Visit spiritedseatravel.com and mention Unity Online Radio when booking. Are you ready to create a life that's intentional and dynamic? Welcome to The Intentional Spirit with your host, Reverend Temple Hayes. Hello, everyone, and thank you so much for being an intentional spirit. You know, part of my commitment to this show is that we're always honoring difference makers. We're owning within people uh, how spirit guides them to be change agents, to offer their life lessons that support other people out in the field that we call life in being more or learning more about themselves or going in their homes and their communities and making a difference as well. As I like to say all the time, there's a big difference between being an intentional spirit and being a person with good intentions. And that saying um, is that lots of times people will start New Year's resolutions, they'll start new commitments, and they mean well until the first situation comes along and they, they don't lose the weight, they don't keep working out, they don't finish the book, et cetera, et cetera. I think you get the point. So that's another part of why we do what we do on the show is that to share what it's like to be intentional and to offer guests that actually have had these kind of things they've faced, these obstacles, these fears, and yet they have remained intentional with making things happen. And so today my guest is Sandy Olson. She is the author of God's Visit, and she is so excited about her book, and she brings a lot of wisdom to her work and in her everyday life. And so, Sandy, welcome to our show. Oh, thank you so much, Reverend Temple. Thank you so much, Reverend Temple. Um, First of all, I'd like to uh, tell everyone I am so excited about being here today because I have a spiritual awareness that has come into my life that I'd like to share with everybody. Um, and we each have our own journey, and uh, so this is mine. I asked myself two questions. The first one was, uh, why would you want to read my book, God's Visit? You might want to read it if you believe we're living in unusual times, 
if you believe that there is an energy in this universe that has an awareness of all things, a God of in immense power. The reason I have come before you today is to let you know Acts 2.17 is already upon us. And it shall come to pass in the last days, saith God, I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh, and your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. Now, uh, the reason I uh, have come before you today is because I've had a lot of unusual experiences from the time I was, you know, born. And uh, God just kept saving me and saving me. He saved me from drowning. He, um, I had pneumonia, was running a high fever, passed away temporarily. Um, and the unusual part of that was when I passed away, I floated above everybody in the room. And I was still thinking as a child, even though my spirit had floated up to the ceiling, I was still thinking as a child. I watched my mother throw her body over my body. I didn't know what they had said to her. Evidently, I had gone. And they decided to... Um, uh, put that large needle, the adrenaline, but I was so tiny that they put it in my thigh instead of my heart. And then they started pumping my legs like crazy. And I remember very clearly as I floated above everybody that why didn't that hurt when it went in my leg? Because I'm still thinking as a child and I'm thinking I just got this gigantic needle that went in my leg and I was kind of in awe what, why that didn't hurt. And the next thing you know, I'm looking up at everybody instead of looking down at everybody. Wow. What age, what age were you then? I was five. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. So you already witnessed a, what we call a near-death experience by age five. Well, even before that, I, I almost drowned. And okay. that was an interesting experience in the uh, over you're there in Gulfport. Like a, you're almost like a cat. Right? Yeah, I just you had I think, several lives within this. Uh, within I think this I've lifetime. used the most of them up. Is what I think. So you almost drowned, and then you had pneumonia, and then you had oh. right. Uh, anyway, this this kept happening. This mm -hmm. uh, all the way up to this day. Um, you know, the most recent uh, time I was saved was just recently. Um, I had a, I didn't have a clue that I had cancer, not oh a clue, my. and um, nothing was pointing to it. I mean, I would see doctors like if I had a cold or something, but nothing was pointing to the fact that I had cancer. And <laughs> I had a dream that I was um, there was a pool of water floating in front of me, a clear pool of water. And as this clear pool of water floated in front of me, I had placed my arm over the water and a drop of my blood went into the water and the it stayed clear. So I'm like, I woke up and I'm like, what is that all about? So um, my daughter, she's uh, more on the scientific end of everything. And, and we don't always see things eye to eye, but um, I called her and uh, I said, I just had this unusual dream. And she says, Mom, I just had an unusual dream, too. We were both waking up at the same time. And she said, the dream I had was I was in a very familiar place. And I was with all my friends. 
and in walked this hooded being. And uh, she said when the hooded being walked in, she knew that he didn't belong there. So she walked up to him and she and he said to her, uh, we call her Candy. He said, Candy, your mother knows she has cancer, but she's not doing anything about it. Oh, my word. Well, when Candy said that, I was taken back because every once in a while in the back of my head, because I had post-nasal drip, I thought the allergy was causing this scratchiness in my throat. Mm -hmm. But every once in a while, I wondered, gee, I wonder if that's cancer. But I would just shut that idea down right away, and I wouldn't do anything about it. So the very next day, I went to the doctor, and they started running tests, one test after another. And they couldn't find anything, except there was um, a tiny, tiny, a minute abnormality that they thought, well, what is this? Maybe we ought to go take a look at it. So it was something very tiny. They, they almost passed it over. They almost decided not to go in and look at it. Uh, because one doctor told me, no, they weren't going in. And then the other one said they were going in. So I didn't know what was happening at that point. Well, they did go in. And when they took it out, one solid uh, side of the uh, thyroid was cancer. Wow. So they had to go back and they had to take it all because it was just, you know, uh, stacked with cancer. And the other side that they hadn't taken first was completely uh, filled with calcium. So it was like cancer on one side, calcium, calcium. on the other. So um, they removed it. Well, now you think that would be the end of the story. Um, I did. I did rather well. And then I was told to um, to go have radiation for my throat to get rid of any extra tissue that might be in my throat. In this way, if there was any more cancer, that it would not go somewhere else in my body. So I said, um, okay, and I was supposed to go in for the radiation. Well, now, now my granddaughter gets into this. I go into my granddaughter's room to tell her that I'm leaving to go get the radiation done. And she got up and she was hysterical. And she says, no, grandma, you can't have the radiation. And I says, well, why, why can't I have it? And she said, well, I was dreaming and God came into my dream and he interrupted it. And he said, tell grandma that if she has her radiation today, that she will be dead before you wake up. Oh my gosh. So, you know, I'm not one of these people who, who uh, you know, just believe in praying away. I believe that God made doctors so that we could get better. And I do believe that, you know, when we're told to take a, a particular test or do something to help us, if, if you can get several people to concur, that that might be a good idea. Absolutely. So kind of what you're saying to which is the way I like to live too, is that we we kind of see what's organic. So we go natural when we can. Uh, we go through uh, integrative healing when we can. And sometimes we go through practitioners and medicine when we can. Right, right. And, yeah, and we, you know. we try different things. But um, wow, that's, well, it sounds like to me you're, 
you've created by the way you live also kind of modeling within your family system. I always love to see a car mechanic that fixes their own cars at home. <laughs> and it, 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 it may sounds, seem that way. Uh, well, it is that way that you have members of your family that listen to their own intuition and feel brave and okay about a space that you've created to listen. Um, you know, because every part of what you're talking about to me is a profound teaching about to others that are listening right. that because often people aren't open to other people's opinion or they'll say no, because you could have taken a different route. You could have said, you know, I've already made the commitment and thank you for sharing little girl, but you know, you're just a, a that and I'm not going <laughs> to listen. So uh, how did you feel when she told you that? Well, I, um, I wasn't going to dismiss it, but I, I thought I would uh, see it through and see what else happened because the, the thing is that God uses people to guide us to uh, sometimes uh, he'll have someone say something to, you know, maybe guide us in a different direction. So I felt that if he wanted me not to have it that seriously that she, you know, I was going to be dead before she woke up. Right. that um, he would find another way to get me an answer. So I go up there with my son-in-law, and uh, we're sitting uh, in the room, and in comes the doctor that's supposed to uh, be doing this radiation therapy. Now, everybody in the world knows. You go to the hospital. For, I, I went to the hospital. So you go to the hospital to have this radiation therapy, and uh, the last thing in the world... Uh, they're going to want to do is send you away. You know, they're, they're going to want you to have that. That's what you have been sent there to have. Mm -hmm. And uh, so they're going to want you to have that. Um, I mean, I had lots of insurance and, uh, you know, medical insurance. So I wasn't as if there was any problems not to do a test or to do this radiation. So we're in the room and uh, the doctor, I said, well, doctor, I said, do you think I really should have this radiation? Well, he all of a sudden got very, I don't know. Well, if you want to, you can. If you don't want to, you can. You know, it was like, <laughs> um, this, well, he wasn't very on board with this. I mean, it wasn't like, oh, yes, I feel you really need this and uh, you got to have this radiation today. So, and in a way, I would say that, and I have very little experience with that but it seems to me that because you were already scheduled that that is unusual yeah to yeah. start talking kind of wishy-washy yeah, like very oh wishy. you know yeah, go ahead you want throw the spaghetti up on the wall <laughs> and see where it lands that's so, not usually the I, archetype or the um the, uh, the, no, the way we think of a, a doctor going well because a lot of right. them will say if you don't have it you could be dead and you make the right. choice or something so you must have found that kind of uh, well i found that disturbing. very yes disturbing or discerning or, yeah or i did i i did i found that uh, upsetting so um that was my this was coming from a doctor and that was my um, god saying maybe he knew there was something wrong with my body i wasn't well enough at the time and maybe the radiation at that time was not a good time. That doesn't mean that if it ever came up again where I needed radiation, that I wouldn't have it. But at that time, God didn't think it was a good idea. So I said no. 
I go back to my regular two doctors and they uh, they flip out. They said, that's it. It has gone throughout your body. Now we've got to do these tests. We've got to find out where it's gone uh, because that's what it does. It doesn't stay where it's at. It roams around. So then they started doing, you know, all the blood tests and everything. They couldn't find cancer anywhere. So if I'd had the radiation, it would have been you know, really for nothing because there was nothing, no cancer left. Or it and, would have put something in you you didn't need. You, right. would, have, you would have had more things to fight. Am right. I correct? Right. If more energy from your body would be used drained. towards something and drained and just the whole process alone. Um, right. Wow. So, you know, that... Um, uh, is something that's been going on throughout my life where I've, it's been one thing or another and somehow I, I get past it. Um, but then there are other things too uh, that I've been going through. Uh, well, if I may, can we stay there for another minute or two? Um, to me, you're such a messenger about listening to your own intuition. You're a messenger uh, because, you know, a, a pelican can hit you on the head. And if you don't make it mean anything, right? the pelican hits right. you on the head. Yeah, he yeah. You know, so uh, <laughs> you, you know, you refer to God as a he. To me, God is more of a principle. It's not a gender, not making it saying I'm right and you're wrong. We all have our own way uh, because what matters is our personal relationship that we have. But what I'm hearing from you is each time there's been a listening involved with you and it seems like you're a great me messenger that says when you get a visit from god uh, it warrants some attention right some humility yes. some openness um well that's why i'm here and it's your journey is absolutely fascinating because you're teaching people the value of when god visits please take notice you know please yes. listen please pay attention because it could not only save your life, it can change your life. How right. did your granddaughter feel? Did you did you go back to her and and say this is what happened or um well yes, I, I did. I said, Crystal, you'll be happy to know I didn't have the radiation because oh she was just completely happy about that. <laughs> but I mean and even she wasn't against having it. It's just that at that moment that wasn't the time. Mm -hmm. And and that is something very important that we have to be open to the messages that God sends us. And that's one of the reasons that I've come today. I also asked myself a question. I um, My question to myself was, what do you do when God makes himself known? And the answer is simple. You simply share the message for the outcome is not up to the messenger. Um that is why I'm here. I have a message to share with you today. And although I've given you little tiny bits and pieces, um, I feel that we, you know, I'd like to very much share some important things. Um, I did say that I believe that we were living in Acts 2.17. And what that means to me is that I believe that, like myself, there is going to be a lot of people that are going to have some serious revelations. Mm -hmm. They uh, and 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 like Reverend Temple, I believe God is a um, a spirit. I mean, I, an energy, mm -hmm. an energy force. I I do call him him, but I do believe he is an energy force, and um, 
So he is complete within himself. So he doesn't need to uh, be anything else because he is everything. Mm-hmm. Um, but I did want to let you know that I really do believe that these uh, uh, visions and messages and dreams and one very big biblical seemed what a, like a biblical event in my life um, are going to start happening to other people if they haven't already started. And people need to be aware, they need to be open, and they need to not be afraid. Um, I don't believe I passed the test, okay? So I'm going to give you a little bit of uh, information so that when uh, it comes upon you, you'll pass the test. Because <laughs> I made a few mistakes along the way. Oh, well, none of us have. How could that be? How could that be possible that you made a few mistakes? I made a few, just a few. But um, so first of all, when we'll start off with something very important, and that was in 1969. And God had me working with this woman in that time. She was in her 60s. And I was a young girl in my late teens. And we were both working for the Southern New England Telephone Company. Uh, She was a very sweet lady. She wasn't uh, uh, someone that I would consider uh, that had any emotional problems or psychological problems. She was just a very nice lady. Once in a very blue moon, she might talk about religion, but she didn't talk about politics. She didn't talk about religion. One day we did have some time together and I had no idea that she was giving me a gift of immense value. You see, now I know what the gift is. So when I give it to you, we'll know what it is. But she um, she told me a story about her and her little sister when they were uh, very young. They lived in uh, New York City on to- uh, in a tenement house. And in tenement houses, they these brick uh, buildings, and you'd go to the top of the um, the very top of the building, and you would hang your clothes outside. So um, she, uh, when uh, had her um, her mother told her and her sister to uh, take uh, this straw basket and to hang up these few clothes up up on the um, you know. I keep wanting to say porch, but roof, the roof of the building. So uh, they went up there to start hanging up the clothes. And the little girl, she saw a cloud that had come down to the building. And she ran over to the edge of the building. And of course, her sister, who was a couple of years older, she couldn't have her little sister by the edge of the building because she might fall off. So she ran over too. And so they're standing in front of this cloud that had come down to the uh, to the top of the building. Well, the cloud opened up. And now you have to realize these are children. So if God was going to appear to children, he would appear to them in a way that would be understandable for the child. So uh, Christ was in the, uh, the cloud and he started speaking to the littlest child. And he told her, he said, I'm very sorry, but he says, you have to come home in two weeks. 
you're going, you know, I'm sorry, but you're going to come home. Well, the two little girls ran downstairs and they told their mother that Jesus had come and he was coming back and she was going to have to leave in two weeks. And the mother beat them for, oh, um, for lying. Oh, gosh. And she, uh, you know, she put them to bed, no dinner, no anything, because this was a bad thing to do. Mm. Well, about a week went by and the little girl became very, very sick and she died exactly two weeks from the time they had been told that the little girl would leave. And the mother was just distraught that the little baby girl had died. So she turned to Ethel and she said to Ethel, why couldn't it have been you? And Ethel started to get ill. The moment her mother had done that, then Ethel started to get ill. But when she, uh, when she got her fever and she crossed over, there was this man who walked up to her that was in their photo album that she recognized as an uncle. And the uncle said, no, Ethel, you have to go back. So Ethel came back. And that mm. was Ethel's story to me. Now, you have to understand, I'm where you're at right now. You know, the red flag, skeptical, skeptical, you know, it can't help but come in there. But there was just a piece of me that wanted to believe it you know, that wanted to believe what she was saying. And, you know, I, I didn't believe she was crazy. That was for sure. And I, um, I'd worked with her a long time and I, I liked her very much. So I just kind of put it on the back burner and like, okay, well, that was quite an experience she had. So I didn't know whether to really believe it, not believe it, but it was there. And that's what we're doing here today. You see, even if you said to me or said to yourself, you know, oh, I don't believe this. This is a bunch of hogwash. You know, <laughs> Well, that's okay because you see, you've already been given the message. And even if you don't believe the message now, you, you already have been given it. And so when next things start happening in your life, then you'll understand exactly where I was. That's right. The dots will all come together. It's so uh, such a pleasure talking with you today, Sandy. I'm talking to Sandy Olson, and she is allowing her own vulnerability to talk about her life path and her stories and uh, knowing that it will impact and it will touch so many of you. I urge you, if you enjoy these kind of talks, to connect with us. Um, join us on Unity Online Radio, forward our messages with others, post on social media. We love hearing from you, and we do cruises all the time. Please touch into spiritatseatravel.com and find out how you can spend a week with some of us on this amazing journey. We'll be right back after this short break, and thank you for tuning in. Obviously, you don't want to miss this next segment.
Discover the power within. Unity Online Radio. The voice of an awakening world. Welcome back to The Intentional Spirit with Reverend Temple Hayes. And welcome back, everyone, and thank you for being on our show, The Intentional Spirit, for tuning in. And wow, are we engaged in a wonderful conversation today because I interview authors and speakers and teachers and um, practitioners from all over the world. And a lot of times I interview authors that talk about a experience and that's beautiful and wonderful. Uh, it's definitely more pleasurable to interview an author that's actually had the experience and actually lived through the experience. So I'm talking with Sandy Olson today, who, who really is calling the attention to the world about how, how God visits and what we say all the time in, in unity, um, It doesn't really matter uh, what you call God. What matters is what you believe about God. And that's part of the passion and and forefront trailblazing energy that Sandy's a part of, is that it's taken a lot of courage and energy for her to be willing to, if you will, come out of the, uh, the closet and go public and say, look, I've had all these experiences all my life. I've been connecting to a power that even though I didn't understand it, I respected it. And even though it didn't make sense, I had common sense. And so I'm keenly aware that there's a small veil of uh, energy between ourselves and, and the God of our creation. And we're given these messages all the time through people, through incidents, through crisis. And how are we listening to the message and how what are we doing with the message and how are we holding the space of the message? And that is key. And I applaud you, Sandy Olson, for your effort, your energy for writing the book, God's visit. And how do people uh, get the book? Well, um, it's on Amazon. Okay. Uh, it's also Perfect Barnes place. and Noble. Yes. Um, That's you- where all of us, That's where all of us go is that's where my books are through Amazon. And so uh, they can go to Amazon or Barnes and Noble. So God's visit and it's G O D apostrophe S visit or Uh, God's visit by Sandy Olson. The one and only. Yeah. The one and only. The cat that had more (laughs) than nine lives, obviously. Oh, Oh yes. Uh, this cat is still going strong, and I think I've used all nine. But um, I want to, uh, you know, uh, finish a little bit about Ethel's story. So, Please do. Um, it's a fascinating yes, story. Yes, it was, it was fascinating. I, I really, you know, wasn't too sure how to uh, take it. But anyway, I, it was in me. And once, once you get a story in you, that's it. It's part of you. So... Um, uh, the thing is, is that that happened to her in 1912, and my incident happened to me in 2012. So it's interesting, it's exactly a hundred years wow. between these two incidents. So um, 
but I'm not there yet. I'm not going to get to that. That. Uh, and that when did she? When yet. did she die on the plane of Earth? You know, I ended. I was young. You know, right, right. and I, I ended up uh, leaving uh, uh, the telephone company. I went to work for uh, TRW Geometric Tool. Okay. I went there for 13 years. And um, so, so did Evelyn did, die as a little uh, girl or did Ethel, you ever? Yes. I mean, Ethel, excuse me. Um, well, Ethel didn't die as a little girl because she was working with me. I got gotcha. you. But when she was in her 60s, she told me about what happened and her sister dying I'm and everything. You. Yeah. So, um, but anyway, I thought I'd point that out, that exactly, it took exactly 100 years between us for it to play out for me. Yeah. And we won't go into that yet, but I wanted to uh, tell you, we were talking about dreams, we're talking about visions, we're talking about these things, and what happened is they would come to me in groups, like throughout a, a decade. So if it was going to be dreams and I... Uh, would have dreams and then they would like graduate to visions the next decade but there was always something going on preparing me showing me letting me know what was going to happen and these dreams were so profound that I could actually wake up that day and things constantly play out word for word step for step it was it was almost as if I was reliving the entire dream so I, this is what I was going through for a while, and it, and it was, um, I, it's almost like I was sitting there knowing what the person would say next. So uh, that did happen, and the um, I first started out with two dreams where God came to me, and two dreams where Jesus came to me. Um, so the one with God, I want to tell you that one because that's another one that set me up for what happened in 2012, okay? Um, I had dreamt that I, my husband drove us home and we lived up on a hill. So he drove up the hill, he stopped short of the bush on the hill and he got out, I got out of the car, I walked around the back of the car and then he just drove to the back of the building. Now this was very unusual because he never dropped me up front, off up front, and we always went to the back of the building together. So hmm. this, in this dream, he drops me off up front. Well, I go over and I uh, step up on the, um, the grass and I look up at the sky. And what I'm seeing is that it's like a kaleidoscope of color. If you were to take a kaleidoscope and you just turned it, the entire sky was just like frantic. That's the only word I can use for it. Clouds were going in every direction. They were every color. There was black, gray, uh, white. Uh, you see little patches of blue. And I'm just standing there. It just took my breath away. Wow. And I uh, heard my name being called. I looked to my left, and in front of my apartment building <clears throat> was a beautiful white cloud that was electrical. And it, like, you know, you could, mm -hmm. the electricity kind of went through it. <clears throat> and it, the center had a glow to it, kind of uh, like a warm glow, like maybe just this very warm glow. 
Well, then all of a sudden the cloud went completely white and it started talking to me, but it didn't speak to me in English. But when the words went in my head, I understood what the cloud was saying. It said, Sandy, I want you to go into the house right now for there is a lightning storm coming to take many souls. But the thing of it is, I didn't want to go into the house. There was a feeling standing next to this cloud. There was a feeling that was so powerful that it was every bad thing that you could ever think that ever happened to you in your life was gone. And the only thing that mattered to you, not that you didn't love your family or your children or not that you didn't love them, but nothing else existed. To you at that moment, all you wanted was to be with this cloud. You didn't want to go into the house. You didn't want to leave them. So I'm standing there. I'm like, oh, I'm thinking to myself, let the lightning storm come. You know, I'm not leaving this cloud. Right. So I woke up. Uh, You can't help but say to yourself, that was weird. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) So I go to work, you know, do my job work, uh, you know, long hours. And uh, again, my husband pulls up the, uh, now this is in real life. This isn't, uh, this is late in the afternoon. It would have been about, I'd say about 4.30. And because we went in really early. And uh, he pulled up to the, uh, you know, side of the house and just stopped. And me, I didn't even turn and ask him, why I was getting out of the car, but I just got out of the car and walked around the back of the car and he took off to the back. Well, that's not what we do. That's not how it works. Because you've always done it the same way. Yes, we always went to the back. So I get up on the grass and now I'm afraid to look up at the sky. And today is August 6, 1978, okay? And I'm afraid to look up, and I do. And it's the sky in the dream. The clouds are moving frantically. You can only see little pieces of blue here and there. And now I'm afraid to look to my left. But I looked to my left, and there was nothing there, no cloud, no nothing. So I'm like, okay, I I can deal with this. I can deal with the fast-moving clouds up in the sky, and I can, uh, you know, that's okay. So I go, I go into the apartment and I turn on the news and the first news I get was that Pope Paul VI died. So I'm standing there looking at that, you know, for some reason or other just recently, and I had no way of knowing this when I had, uh, I had talked to a, a priest about Pope the Paul, Pope Paul VI dying. Just recently, they made him a saint. Mm. So, anyway, that was the first death. So then I got a phone call, and my brother said, you better come down here quick. Nanny's dying. Nanny was my grandmother. And, of course, uh, back then we didn't have cell phones and everything. So, I mean, I'm driving down there, and I didn't know that she was already on her way to the hospital. And I'm on my way there to pick up uh, my brother and to see how she's doing. 
So I get there, and my brother says, no, they already took her to the hospital. But he said, it was the strangest thing. She told me, she said, Donald, go close the window. There's a lightning storm coming. And there wasn't a cloud in the sky at that point. So again, the lightning storm. So I'm sure there are many people that died that day, but that was a, something that I feel connected me with the event that was going to come into my life. Uh, that particular vision was something that was gonna connect me to something that was gonna happen in real life too, uh, something else. So, um, you know, I'm trying to share these things as we go along. The next thing I had was I was dreaming. Um, I was in a place that uh, was a, kind of like a, oh, a dirt road. It was leading up to this beautiful, beautiful synagogue. And I uh, noticed how beautiful the synagogue was, that it just literally glimmered and glowed and it, it sparkled. But the closer I got to the synagogue, the duller it became. The plants started to wither and the synagogue started to, to look like a gray, dark cement and almost to the point where it was old and like you could touch the cement and it would crumble. And I walked into the synagogue and I walked towards the middle and there was this beautiful garden in the back. And everything at first was beautiful and shiny. And then all of a sudden, everything in the garden died. And I was lifted out of the garden and woke up. The, right after that, they abandoned the Gaza Strip. Israel abandoned the Gaza Strip. And that was the synagogue that would have been abandoned at the time. So these are the prophetic things. Now I'm going into things that I'm dreaming things and they're actually coming to pass. So, um, you know, I want to be able to share all these different things with you or as many of them as I can. Obviously, I can't share everything, but, um, you know, I just want to give you an idea, you know, what you will be, uh, you know, seeing in the book that it's like going through an album, a photo album. You're going to come to each picture tells a story. So as you come to each picture, it's not gonna be a, a book, like it tells a story all the way through with the same theme. Every picture- Oh, it's not gonna tell the story of boy meets girl, no, boy no, loses no, girl, and no. boy gets girl back. Oh my gosh, no. I'm so excited. No. Yay, <laughs> it's gonna be a transformative story no, no. that's going to, I feel, uh, play a significant role in the awakening of, there are hundreds and hundreds of thousands of people all over the world that they have dreams and they discount it or they think it's because they're taking CBD oil at night or something. <laughs> when it when it really is, uh, the dots uh, connect. And that's what I hear you profoundly saying is pay attention to every dot and, and write it down. And even if you think that you have assessed and intellectualized what are these dots stay, saying, step back from it. Right. 
and right. still look at it from a whole different other perspective. Right. I mean, I um, I love what you're doing, Sandy. It's uh, takes a lot of courage to do what you're doing. Well, I, I appreciate that, but I feel that um, these events, it, it wouldn't be right for me to be silent now. As I said, I don't expect people to believe, and it's not about you believing, it's about you getting this message because there will come a time when you will believe, and it will be uh, the Holy Spirit coming upon you, but you won't be um, maybe as confused as I was because you're, you're hearing someone else that went through that and somebody that I heard that went through that, and so now you're hearing that. But I have a, just a few more things I want to uh, uh, make sure that I share with you. Um, the uh, I went into um, uh, what I'll call three unusual dreams. After that, uh, they were like they were also like visions, but they are were the uh, prophetic visions of the end, maybe the beginning. Okay, I'm going to say it's more like the beginning. And right now, according to these prophetic visions, we're going through a dividing process. Um, the next process, it was something that has to do with the governments. And I'm going to tell you about that one. And the last one, was the uh, survival. We actually, some of us survived it all. So, um, like I said, I received groups of things that happened. So this is now a group of the dividing of mankind, the, um, the evil being with us right now, and we have to be very vigilant. We have to be very vigilant. And the fact that people are going to get past this that they have a loving God and he is going to do everything he can to help us to get to where we need to be. So um, the thing I'd like to share with you now is a very, very unusual vision. I'm in a room and it is snow white, this room. So white, you can't see the doors, where the, where the seams, you don't see anything. You're just in this white room. And... <clears throat> Although you're in this white room, you can see the world in front of you. So you can mm -hmm. see the outside world. So it's almost like you're in this white room, but you're with the world too. You're in both places. And I am standing uh, in what I would call an oblong circle because to the right of me, right of me is three Mideastern rugs. And to the left of me is three Mideastern rugs. And it, they're in like an oval circle, and I'm at one end. Well, in walks this being from the white wall. He came through, you know, opened the door, I guess, of the white wall and came in. And he walks and he's standing, he's in white robes, but he is evil. He is so evil. It is an evil that just you're, you know, you get chills and you just know how evil this man is. And 
He is standing directly across from me. So we have six Mideastern rugs. In walks six men. A man sits upon each rug. I'm, I'm going to tell you in the end what I think this might be, but I'm not sure. So if there's anyone out there that comes up with a conclusion better than mine, I would love to hear it because I that's another reason why I'm here. Maybe we can figure these things out together. So in walk the six men. They're sitting on the rugs. So we have six rugs, six men. The mm. first man next to the evil being, his skin and blood and organs and everything start to roll down his body. And he just melts away. And out of him emerges a leopard. And the leopard walks around in a circle and sits straight up. Then the next man, he starts to melt away too. And out of him is coming a bear. Then I look to the man right next to me on the right-hand side, and he starts to melt away too. But now I see a boar, what appears to be a boar, and his tusks are like horns that protrude out of his mouth. Mm. So I'm now looking to my left because I know that I, I know that we are going to um, have another animal. And uh, I run for the wall looking for a door and I hear a roar. So now we know that that is going to be a lion. Two animals I didn't get to see. And I believe there was a reason for that. I'm not supposed to know who they are because these are all on flags. These symbols are all on flags, which shows where some of these come from. And I would know those last two that were involved and it wasn't meant for me to know. I got to the wall and I got through the, it was like a handle there on the white wall and I got through. And the moment I stepped on the other side of the wall, the evil being was standing across from me the same exact distance. And the reason for that is he's in the world with us now. So he's with us and we're not escaping him. I'm not going to escape him by walking through that wall or going anywhere because he's here. So um, that is a, um, an important dream. I believe that the six countries represent the countries around Israel. That it's somehow pointing to Israel, these six Mideastern countries. And I believe that the men that came in were the governments and the uh, animals were their symbols. Mm. Now, I could be wrong on that, but that I'm sharing that with you. Maybe you can share something with me if you ever, you know, you decide to. Um, That's a very powerful window. Um, well, I, there are so many more things I'd like to share with you. I did want to share with you the actual visit itself. But I do believe that you can go on... Uh, Google and uh, you can Google that and you'll be able to read it for yourself without having even purchased the book yet. There's so many other things because there's an experience about our uh, uh, our bodies and how we're actually sometimes in um, 
I, I only way I can describe it is layers in this uh, in the system. So um, there's so many other things that I want to share with you, but uh, be sure to check out Google. You will get to to read the big event even without buying the book. It's so important for you. No, I think that. it's important to have the book. Thank you. Okay. You want to go on Amazon. I mean, people invest more in a dinner. So um, for if this is calling to your heart and you, you feel like, wow, I want to delve more. I mean, when we hang on, when we hang out with like-minded energy, then things have a way of accelerating in our lives. Right. So I want to encourage people to go on Amazon. It's it's a very small investment to get the book God's Visit by Sandy Olson. It's on Amazon and delve into it. And not only will you experience the magic of learning about these stories, but you will also um, continue to awaken the aspects of your of yourself for a for a few dollars, people spend more on, you know, going to uh, a movie over at the theater. And this sounds like uh, the great movie that we we call life. Um, you've been listening to our show, The Intentional Spirit. I'm Temple Hayes. Please go to templehayes.com or firstunity.org to know about the ongoing work that we continue to create as we are serving a global movement and educating people all over the world are holding the space for what is possible. I'm grateful to all of you as listeners and the people that share the show with your social media, become engaged with our show. It's because of you that we have a very successful online ministry. And Sandy, again, I want to thank you for being here. Oh, thank and you. who knows, it could be that you'll be back again. And we're just delighted for the work that you're doing. And I, I just encourage you to continue to keep speaking, keep teaching, keep setting an example um, in making a difference in, in the world. Because ultimately, that's it for all of us, right? Is to know that the world is a better place because we have been in it. Bless you, everyone, on this amazing journey that we call life. And I, you know, I really do want, want this also to help Unity Campus because I found my way here. Well, so, I'm glad you found and, your way. And uh, also, I believe that it will be able to help some of the programs that you put together. I'm confident for the world that it will. Thank you so much. Thank you, everyone. Thanks for listening. This is Unity Online Radio the voice of an awakening world. We spend a third of our lives sleeping and dreaming, yet most of us have no idea what goes on during that time. I'm Kelly Sullivan Walden, and as a dream expert and best-selling author, I'm here to empower you to mine the gold from your nighttime dreams. Join me on the Kelly Sullivan Walden Show, part of the MindBodySpirit.fm podcast network, available wherever you get your podcasts. Until we meet again, don't take your dreams lying down.